We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Here in today's episode of the show, we're going to be doing uh, going through the rest of the leftover Super Chats from the Thunder win last night. And we're going to be doing a in-depth preview of the Celtics matchup on Christmas Day. Uh, this is also normally stuff that we would do on the post-post-game show. Didn't have a chance to get into it last night, but it's going to be a fun time. I'm really excited for this show. Before we get started, quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Lakers Station YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. A very easy way to help out the show. Uh, I'm thinking let's get let, let's start this thing off with the leftover Super Chats. Let, let's uh let's, let's relive what was a fun night let's start things off with super dope hip-hop saying that lebron james more rest games plus less minutes per game for playoff uh tank to be at this highest level essentially is what they're saying there uh yeah i i'm in i'm in agreement there i that that's been my biggest concern recently about like lebron's minutes or even like lebron's usages okay cool lebron's been great right but can LeBron sustain this level of greatness at age 39? Can he sustain? Let me backtrack. Can LeBron be as heavy on ball as he's been recently for the duration of a season? And if the answer is yes, okay, cool. What level LeBron James are you going to get come playoff time? So uh, that, that those are all things I think you really got to, to ask yourself here. Jay Soft says, Cam had SGA in the torture chamber. I'm going to keep saying this. I love this analogy, maybe because I suck at analogies more often than not. But I look at Cam Reddish, I look at Jared Vanderbilt as a star-studded NFL cornerback duo where you have one that's just this ball hawk that's going to get like eight interceptions a, a year, almost at a game. They're going to get eight interceptions a year, right? And that's Cam Reddish. He's your defensive playmaker. He's going to rack up a ton of steals, and and he's going to rack up, uh, and he's going to rack up a bunch of deflections and stuff like that, right? And Jared Vanderbilt is the Revis Island shut down. Anything you do get on him is going to be super super tough. And I mean, he he, you're not going to go his way as much, right? And Cam Reddish, he's done a phenomenal job. The way I kind of viewed Cam Reddish heading into the year, maybe uh, I didn't watch enough Cam Reddish film heading into the year, but I kind of viewed him as the inverse. I even I viewed him as a way better offensive player than what he is, right? And I viewed him as a significantly worse defense player than what he actually is, right? So 
Shout out to Cam. He's been fun. Uh, the Notorious CRGs donates a super chat. Appreciate you. And Lakeraga, I really hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, is became a new LakerNation.com member. Uh, great time to plug the LakerNation.com membership program where you guys can get exclusive access to great content such as our weekly previews where we do a preview of the whole week to come, X's and O's stuff, I mean, the, the whole nine. Um, and then we, you guys also get exclusive access to uh, extra bonus shows, the weekly live shows where you guys have the opportunity to hop on, contribute to some of the content that does get created here on Laker Nation show. So uh, I would highly recommend you guys go in and check out the Laker Nation membership program. All right. Jake says, Gabe plus the 2029 first, because that's the only first you're able to trade right now, plus the minimum center of your choice for Caruso and Drummond. I think their salaries work. Who says no? LOL. The Lakers are already leaning into the defense at this point. I think Chicago says no, and it's only because Gabe Vince is just this health hazard at this point. Um, and that came off a little bit harsh, but I mean, he has he's played what five games this season. What was a, already a two month injury, he has to potentially get surgery and extended by six to eight more weeks, which even like puts into question will he be back? by the February 8th trade deadline to where he's even eligible to be traded at. So in an ideal world, like if Gabe Vincent came in here and just balled out, then sure, this trade makes some sense. But I really just think that Caruso, I think maybe it's just right now what where, uh, where Chicago's valuing AC, but I, I, I'm significantly like temp tampering my expectations on Alex Caruso trade. Uh, James Bell says, yes, Trevor, we need D'Lo to play good so we can trade him, not keep him. Don't forget that. <laughs> well, also, D'Lo playing well probably means you're going to win the game. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Mission 86 says, we did not win this game solely because D'Lo came off the bench. Did it help our hurt? Shrug. But come on, D'Lo's not the sole reason for any result. I, I'd have to go back in and listen to the – go re-listen to Lakers Nation Live. I would imagine they didn't say, well, hey, the Lakers won because D'Angelo Russell came off the bench. I will say that D'Lo coming off the bench uh, uh, kind of allows Austin and, and Austin to be just more aggressive as a scorer. I mean, he's already been aggressive as a scorer, but I think the long-term outlook is Austin going back on the starting five. I think that's personally what it should be, to be quite frank with you. I will say this, though, about D'Angelo Russell. I, I just refuse to believe that D'Lo is going to be a 17-minute-per-night player for the rest of the season or until he potentially gets traded, right? I just refuse to believe that's the case. Uh, Trey Rouse, Darwin, Darvin, because he's still a trash coach. I believe we're talking about the master lock here. So master locking Darvin Ham because he's still a trash coach. Look, here's the thing about Darvin Ham, and here's another analogy that I that I have for you, right? Darvin Ham is like an inconsistent. I love the uh, football comparison, I guess, right? But Darvin Ham is an inconsistent NFL quarterback, right? Where at his best, I still think you can win an NBA championship with Darvin as a coach. I still think you can at his best. At his worst, Darvin's a guy that's going to lose you a playoff series at his worst. right? Like if Darvin just completely craps the bed, has an awful performance, like Eric Spolstra having a bad series for his expectations is still probably going to win you the series. Right? Or at the very least, you're going to be competitive in that said series, right? Darvin Ham craps the bed as a bad series. You probably just lost that series, right? At the very least, you need Darvin to have an average series as a coach. Okay, but at his best, and don't tell me we haven't seen his best. We saw it in the playoffs. Memphis, 
Golden State, he severely outcoached Taylor Jenkins. He, at bare minimum, was net neutral with Steve Kerr, a top 10 coach in the NBA. And probably even like a top six coach. Taylor, Taylor Jenkins was regarded as a top 12 or so coach heading into the playoffs. And he thoroughly outcoached him. So, as best, man, I still think the, the Lakers can win a title with Darvin at his absolute best. Now, how often are you going to get his best? Who knows? And that's where the inconsistent piece comes to, like I said, like an like Carson Wentz, right? At P Carson Wentz, one week you get MVP, literally first quarter of the next game, he's a bottom 10 quarterback. So not saying that's the guy you want to have around, but I, that's still a guy that you can win a title with. Uh, passionate rebellion says the Lakers need to trade ASAP 40 points by 38 year old to get the win is terrible. Start him. AR. Well, I do agree with the last part being start Austin. I was excited to kind of see the new lineup change, right? I was, but that didn't mean I, I tweeted this out even or on an X at Sean underscore DAVI. That I think the long-term play has to be starting Austin. One, because you're paying him all this freaking money. Two, because, like I said, I just don't think Braun can have this insane on-ball load for a duration of, uh, what, where are we at now? 30 games since, so what, for the next 52 games of the season plus the playoffs? I just don't think Braun can handle that at almost 40. That's where the first part comes in at. And... Well, I disagree that the Lakers need a trade because LeBron dropped 40. I, I personally don't really love this narrative that goes around from time to time where, oh my goodness, the Lakers relied on a 38-year-old human being to score 40 points up and win. They're relying on him not because he's a 38-year-old, because he's still the best player, arguably, on this team, and unarguably, in my opinion, a top 10 player on the planet. You would be just like crazy if you said, hey, look, we're just not going to rely on our top 10 player because he's 39 right now. I'm not saying have him be on ball the whole game. What I am saying is though, like, I don't think it's a bad thing that LeBron had 40, like he had, he had 40 points, right? I don't think that that's like the reason why you have to go get a trade. Uh, another super chat here says master lock, like your haters. Of course. I love that. They get the double master lock. I don't even know if that's the thing yet. A uh, little Chris Johnson, 18, says, can Ham please stop with D'Lo Prince Reeves lineups? I'm going to play devil's advocate here, not for Ham, but for D'Lo. And say that's part of the reason why I think D'Lo's been such a, a, a negative on the floor for the Lakers this season compared to last season is because I do think that D'Lo has been in some pretty bad defensive lineups, right? Where I think last season, the bulk of D'Lo's minutes, he was next to Bando, he was next to, to AD, obviously, right? This season, and I'm going to filter this out here on cleaning the glass. Give me one sec. This season, the number one lineup that includes D'Angelo Russell. Honestly, if we just look at the, the, the top few here. It's D'Lo, Cam, Torian, LeBron, AD, right? That lineup actually does a pretty decent job defensively, only allowing 107.7 points for 100 possessions. That has over 300 possessions played. That The problem is that that group, that group couldn't score. Now, I'm going to give that one also some benefit of the doubt. This lineup really got a bunch of minutes when Torian was in that awful uh, stretch of shooting, right? That's when Torian but was it was in that, uh, that cold stretch. So I don't really think this lineup only is generating 108 points 
Like if that lineup played some more, I think that lineup would probably be a little bit better than uh than what it's gotten you know, credit for here. But the number, the next one, the next one down, 254 minutes played. This lineup could score 118 points per 100 possessions, but it's D'Lo, Austin, Torian, LeBron, AD. That group gives up 114 points per 100 possessions, right? Uh, another one here, 67 minutes played in this group. D'Lo, Austin, Torian, Christian Wood, AD. Even with AD on the floor, that group gives up 155 0.6 points per 100 possessions. And that's like a okay sample size, 67 possessions. It's not 100, but that's not a bad sample size. Uh, here's another one. D'Lo, Austin, Torian, LeBron, Christian Wood, 123 points allowed. D'Lo, Austin, Torian, Ruby, AD, 116. So I'm just kind of like re-emphasizing the point. I do agree. Stop with that, stop with that lineup. Stop with those lineups. Uh, let's see where we're at here. Jose Calderon says, not quite that, Jose. I am only 25, Trevor. Still very much in my prime. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what to say there. I wasn't on the show, so I don't understand that inside reference. But, Jose, do you appreciate the, the comment? And uh, if you are, wink that, Jose. Maybe you could uh, help the Lakers out. Uh, another super chat here. Shakaya, maybe. I don't know. I Again, probably botched that. Super chat. Braun, AD, Austin, Rui, Prince, Reddish, Vando, etc. all stepped up. I absolutely love when the Lakers shut up their haters and critics. The Lakers got the job done. Biggest Laker fan from Texas. Let's go. Well, let's go. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for uh, for donating the Super Chat. And, yeah, I, I thought all those guys really stepped up to play last night. It was a really, really fun performance to watch, especially from Braun, AD, I thought it was dialed in. Torian continues his hot stretch of shooting. So, yeah, it was a fun game. It's a fun game. When uh, skipped ahead a little too much. Jerry says, just learned Levine wears eight as a tribute to Kobe. Huh, that's cool. He was eight in Minnesota. He said, oh, okay, even back in Minnesota. Okay, okay. If we trade Rui and D'Lo for him, how about Vincent plus the pick to Charlotte for Miles Bridges? I think I pass. <laughs> I think I pass personally on that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Jordan, do we get tournament energy from the Lakers on Christmas? I think we will. I think we will, too. I think they really want this game, especially after the Lakers got robbed last year against the Celtics twice. Uh, the one in L.A. was more so their fault, but the one in Boston, obviously, was a robbery. Flat-out robbery. Uh, Mario, would you like to see, uh, would you like Christmas jerseys back? Uh, I'm going to answer for Trevor and for myself because I think I know what Trevor would say. I bet you any amount of money. I think Trevor says no. I think Trevor says no. Uh, I would love to. See, I like jerseys. I think, you know, having a, a multitude of different jerseys would be fun. And yeah, I, I don't, I mean, the I think the last year we had Christmas Day jerseys was that 2016. And ironically, it was one of the best years. Or was it 17? Whatever year the Cavs won the, the finals, the year after that was a really nice year for Christmas jerseys. Even the year before that wasn't that bad, right? But Adidas was, uh, I believe Adidas was running the jerseys for the NBA. So, yes, I would love to see the jerseys back personally. Or even like the uh, the Lakers all white 
like completely just white out jerseys from 2013. Again, though, Adidas, I think, ran the Christmas jerseys those years. So Adidas, come back. Or Nike, just step up your freaking game. JJ says, the fact that LeBron turns 39 a week and drops 40 points is amazing to see. Great Lakers win. Great to see Matt back on. On to Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. Only thing I'm going to disagree with you on is uh, your comment saying, great to see Matt back on. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. People think me, uh, me and Matt have, like, beef, where Matt is, like, genuinely one of my favorite people from the staff. Uh, so, Matt, if you're watching this, I, I'm i joking about that nice comment, too. Jokes. But uh yeah, on a Christmas Day, we're gonna get to that Christmas Day matchup in just a, in just a few moments. We just I just me and Matt just rib each other all the time. Uh James Bell, Ryan, come out to play. Ryan Ward was in the chat. He ribbed on me too. Ryan's also the whole staff is are, are great guys. Uh Reese says point Braun is back for one night only, potentially. Dimitri Owen says it seems like the Lakers can be any teams when they feel like putting the effort into it. But sometimes they just don't seem to care very much. I think I think that's the case of being a team led by a 39-year-old at times and led by Anthony Davis, where I think there's just there's just gonna be nights where the Lakers put forth a halfway effort, right? Where, where they don't push all the way down the gas pedal, right? But I think it's kind of like comforting comforting knowing that this Lakers team has another gear they can get to, i.e in-season tournament, i.e. Oklahoma City Thunder game last night, right? It, it is kind of comforting knowing that they, they have another level they can tap into. Uh, Mood says, D'Lo and Reeves never passed the ball to Rui SMH. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it is kind of hilarious. I, I think at times, I think they just miss out, especially on, like, pick-and-pop opportunities. They completely miss those, op those uh, pops more frequently than any high-level facilitating point guard or guard in general should miss it tom tom second quarter was crucial great defense by bando and cam awesome Rui and delo punch he was good but at one stand in the second he was completely lost ham strategy in the third to get austin was good he was one step before okc yeah that was a that was a pretty fine darwin game and uh yeah all right we're about to get into this boston celtics matchup here we are going to uh, first preview the uh, – so, so we're going to start things off by looking at this team. We'll take a look at their matchup difficulty, uh, defensive role versatility. We're going to look at their uh, three-point shooting talent. We're going to take a look at their mid-range talent. We're going to look at drives per 75, uh, un unassisted, and we're going to look at finishing talent. Okay. All right, cool. Let's filter this out. And then we're going to pull this up on the... On the big screen here. One sec. There we go. So I got... So we have uh, Boston's top eight on my screen here. We have Boston's top eight. And this is all per B-ball. And next, a shout out to those guys. Uh, over at B Ball Index, but best player on the team, Jason Tatum, in terms of like LeBron category, it's Tatum. Derek White has been so good this year for for the for the Celtics. Kristaps has been really really good too. Pam Pritchard had a good year. Jalen Brown, Sam Hauser, Drew Holiday, 
and Al Horford. Uh, if you look at offensive LeBron, most uh, valuable or impactful offensive players, Tatum, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, Chris Stops, Jalen Brown, Sam Hauser, Drew Holiday, Al Horford. You look at defensive LeBron, most impactful defensive players, it's Derek White, Chris Porzingis, Al Horford, Drew Holiday, Tatum, Jalen, Pam Pritchard, Sam Hauser. Matchup difficulty. So who's gonna take who's gonna take the, the toughest assignments, right? So Drew Holiday, the Lakers are going super big. It wouldn't really surprise me if Drew Holiday, and they have him as a wing stopper. So I would expect Drew Holiday to actually probably get the LeBron assignment, especially if the Lakers are are still ro- rocking out this lineup. Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown gets a pretty tough matchup. Uh, Derek White at the point of attack. Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Chris Stops doesn't really get that much. Uh, Pam Pritchard, Sam Hauser. Uh, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to look at, let's, let's, no, nah, we can leave it there. It's fine. All right. Drives per 75 possessions. It's Tatum. It's Jalen Brown, actually. So, yeah, it's Jalen Brown, Tatum with nine drives per 75 possessions. Then it's Drew Holiday, Derek White, and Peyton Pritchard. These other guys aren't real big drivers. Finishing talent, Tatum, Brown. Then it goes Derek White, Drew Holiday, Pam Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, Kristaps. Uh, mid-range talent, it's Tatum, Brown, Kristaps. Three-point shooting talent, they, they, they have some really, really good shooters here, obviously. You got Tatum, Hauser, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Pam Pritchard. So that's kind of their job there. Let's take a look at their lineups here. This is per cleaning the glass. So their most frequently used lineups, they have four really big lineups. And then honestly, just a bunch of like small tinkering. But the the, the big lineups here, right, are De- Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Stops. That lineup is a in 532 possessions. That lineup is a plus 20.7 shooting, 61.7% true uh, effective field goal percentage. That group is turning over the ball a lot, though, and they're not a good offensive rebounding team in that group particularly. They're not the best in general, like even like this group is average for them even, right? So this isn't the best group in terms of rebounding, and they don't get to the line at a ridiculous rate. But defensively, holy cow, 101.1 
points per 100 possessions. That group is insane defensively. Uh, 48.9% effective field goal percentage allowed. Not forcing a bunch of turnovers, only 13%. Doing a really good job at limiting uh, fouls as well. Not the uh, not the best defensive rebounding team. They have a couple of lineups which are really good at rebounding, though. But, yeah, like that lineup is insane. And then if you look at uh, – let, let, let's take a look at offensively here. That group is shooting a bunch from three. That group is shooting 40.3% per, uh, percent of their shots from three. Now, granted, Boston in general takes a bunch of threes, right? They only take 29.1% of their shots at the rim, which if, if I'm you know cr standing corrected here, that would be the worst in the league, right? Yeah, Boston is fourth lowest in the entire NBA in terms of shot attempts taken at the rim. They've only taken 2,500 shots at the rim. Uh, yeah, so like they're, they're in terms of frequency of shot attempts, they are bottom four. The Lakers are the second best. So the Lakers really have to lean in here to just their ability to put pressure on the put pressure on the rim and they, you got to defend the three point line in this game right because Boston like i said they shoot the most threes in the nba in terms of percentage of shot attempts coming from an area on the floor they're number 1 in threes you know taking up the percentage of their shots offensively and also they are going to take a bunch of above the break threes so number 1 in that category too the Celtics are middle of the pack in corner threes taken so you got to worry about the corner three, but it's you really have to defend the above the break stuff, run these guys off the line. Uh, if you look at shooting accuracy, we can go back to their individual lineup data here in a second. Even though Boston doesn't take a bunch of shots at the rim, they're really good at the rim, 69% at the rim, 635 shot attempts at the rim. Excuse me, I don't know what I said earlier. The Lakers are, again, top four at, in that category. The Celtics are even though they don't take a bunch of them they're middle of the pack in terms of corner threes they are the second best corner three-point shooting team and they are actually middle of the pack they're right around league average actually right so like league average is 36.2 percent here they're right around that range they're league average on above the break threes at 36.4 percent the lakers actually and above the break three-point shooting are ninth this is a the lakers are a really really good above the break three-point shooting team. So I think we're just saying here, you just, you can't help off the corners. So we're going to re reverse what I said earlier. Can't really help off the corners. You can send nail help, and you got to just make sure you get a good close out there. Uh, all threes, the Celtics are the seventh best three-point shooting team at roughly 39%. You just played one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league not too long ago, though. But uh, going back to this lineup, so the, the the lineup, the number one lineup here, oh my God, this lineup is shooting 65.6% on corner threes. The Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps lineup is shooting 65% on corner threes, 74% excuse me, percent at the rim, and uh 41% from all three. So you just really you, you cannot help off the corner against this team uh did i get that right on uh, corner corner threes yeah okay yeah 
You just cannot help off the corner against this team. Then, really, if you can get into their bench, like if you can get Al Horford into the game, if you can get into, like, say, yeah, Al Horford, Sam Hauser. The Sam Hauser lineup is also really, really good shooting, obviously. Pam Pritchard, Drew, Tatum, Sam, and Al. That group is absurd from three above the break and from the corners, right? But that group, comparatively speaking, is the best at finishing at the rim. Same thing here with Drew, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Al. That group might be the worst. Of, actually, it is the worst offensive group. I'm looking at the left because that's where my monitor is for anybody wondering. 54.4% effective field goal percentage. Only 60% at the rim, which is for them not that great. 60% at the rim would be uh, the second worst in the entire NBA, just behind, or excuse me, just above the Portland Trailblazers, who are only shooting 59% at the rim. Uh, the worst three point shooting lineup out of these top four is Drew Holiday, Tatum, Brown, Horford, Porzingis. That's a bit interesting. I really don't expect that to, to last. Um, the best transition lineup the one that's going to get out and run is that same lineup actually drew tatum brown horford porzingis that lineup does really really good job in transition drew Derek, jt jb and horford probably runs in transition the most though all right let's take a look at their defense so if you look at the in the entire nba right defensively uh let's go back league four factors and let's just stay here for boston for a sec so this team they're going to give up a bunch of threes they're going to give up a bunch of threes they're going to give up uh really they're going to give up a bunch of corner threes but but let's just go back here for a sec so defensive rating the celtics third best defense in basketball they're not forcing a bunch of turnovers they're bottom four in terms of turnover percentage they are top five in defensive or an opponent offensive rebounding percentage. Let's actually, we can actually go to uh, NBA.com for the four factor stats here. I prefer theirs. Uh, let's see. Okay, cool. We got it. So, once again, Offensive rating, Celtics are fourth. In offensive rating, the Lakers are. Am I blind? Did I miss something? Oh, uh, wait, I'm looking at defensive rating. Sorry. Offensive rating, yeah. Celtics are fourth. Lakers are 24th. Defensive rating, the, uh, the Celtics are also fourth. They're fourth in both categories. The Lakers are eighth in, in defensive rating. Uh, and then if you go look at net rating, the Celtics are second, the Lakers are 20th offensive rebounding percentage. The Celtics are 12th. The Lakers are not a good offensive rebounding team. This is the second worst offensive rebounding team in the league. The Celtics, the Lakers are the fourth best defensive rebounding team. The Celtics are sixth turnover percentage. The Lakers are the Celtics are 14th. Lakers are 18th. So not much there. Effective field goal percentage is actually the area where the Lakers probably uh, or you know, they look a little bit better here than they do overall. They're 14th in effective field goal percentage. The Celtics are still top five. True shooting percentage. 
the Lakers are 15th, the Celtics are fifth, right? If you go look at, you know, four factor stuff really, really briefly, and then we can go back to uh, cleaning the glass data here. Free throw rate, the Lakers are sixth at getting to the free throw line. The Celtics are 20th. So the Celtics don't do a great job of getting to the line. Opponent free throw rate. These are, however, the two best teams in the NBA defending without fouling. And the Lakers, in terms of opponent free th- opponent turnover percentage, are 20th. The Celtics are, tw- are again, bottom four, like we already knew. All right, let's take a look at some synergy data here. Take a look at where they're getting the, the bulk of their, of their shot set. They're going to run a transition 77 percentile in terms of percentage of transition possessions in the NBA per synergy. Uh, that this is play, uh, regular season and in season tournament. This is a great post offense. And the reason why this is a, such a great post up offense, it really just a ball screen offense in general, is because Jason Tatum is, in a, is a really, really good post player, right? On all Jason Tatum scoring possessions this season, Really, anybody, anybody that they post up with, specifically out of their big three and Tatum, Brown, and Kristaps. Tatum post up offense 1.194 points per possession when he is the he's shoot, made shot, mid shot, foul turnover from Tatum 1.94, Kristaps 1.392. That is in the 97th percentile which would be good for third best in the entire NBA. And we're in just in terms of anybody that has at least one possession, he's the second best in the NBA because SGA has you know, a little over one possession a game, right? And then even Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown does a good job too. 1.227 points per possession. Uh, let, let, let's see. ISO even. Tatum this season has been a really good ISO player. Uh, 1.082 points per possession. Jalen Brown, not so much. Kristaps, not so much. Uh, if you look at their ball screen offense, they it's Jalen, it's Tatum, it's Brown, it's Drew, it's White. This is a really good ball screen team, right? They run ball screens at the 20th highest, or they have a scoring possession out of a ball screen at the 20th highest clip in the NBA. Points per possession, though, this Celtics offense is a top five ball screen offense in the NBA because they have four semi-reliable, and I'm saying semi-reliable for ball handlers because of Jalen Brown, but uh, they have they have four really good dudes, right, in terms of JT, Dr- Jalen has actually been really, really good, so I you know made fun of him or whatever, but he's been good. But really, it, I mean, Derek White has just been so freaking good their offense, their ball screen offense with Derek White there has been phenomenal. And yeah, that is their team, right? Spot up stuff. It's going to be a, like Sam Hauser. He's such a complimentary piece for them. Sam Hauser is shooting, I want to say that said 44% from three in spot up situations, right? So uh, th- th- this is a really, really good team. This is a really, really good offense. Lakers are going to have their hands full. But number one, can you force this team into some, into some turnovers, right? Can you do that? Can you eliminate the corner three as much as you possibly can? I don't have a lot of optimism for that because, unfortunately, if you go take a look at the Lakers cleaning the glass data here, Lakers cleaning the glass, defensive frequency, they give up a, a, a 
pretty good amount of, of corner threes, right? They give up the corner three ball, right? And even if you go back here to shooting, let's let's just stay here actually. Defensive frequency. The Lakers, again, they're 22nd in terms of amount of corner threes allowed. Uh, and if you go to now the Lakers, just in general, they give up way too many threes. Boston does too. The Lakers are actually give up a little less threes than Boston. But in terms of accuracy, let's go to the corner three. The Lake opponent opposing teams shoot nearly 40% from three on corner threes this season against the Lakers. Now, can you burn Boston, right, in, in terms of the three ball? Can you burn Boston? The Celtics are allowing 37.5% from three against opposing teams. So the Lakers are giving up teams are shooting. Where the Lakers at? 38% from three against the Lakers. So can, can, can you defend the three ball? Can you force some turnovers? Can you find a way to attack this defense of the Celtics, which is really, really good, obviously? Uh, defensively, the Celtics are the best team in the NBA at protecting the rim in terms of accuracy. They're number one in the NBA, 59.8% allowed at the rim this season. The Lakers are also pretty solid. They are 11th in the NBA, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a style. It's gonna be a matchup, uh, a matchup of styles here. Can the Celtics, who want to shoot a bunch of threes, can they get the three ball off right? Can the Lakers that want to get to the rim at a high frequency, can they get to the rim and dominate at the rim? That's really going to determine this game. Laker Nation, let me know what your thoughts are in the comment, comments down below. What do you think about the lineup switch recently? How confident are you about this game coming up against the Celtics on Christmas Day? Let me know in the comments down below. Subscribe for more. Hit that post notification bell as well. Leave a like. And until next time, everybody. Have a good time. See ya. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. See you guys next time. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.